today on Media Download. From Montclair State University and WMSC-FM, the latest on technology. Digital privacy is a concern. Streaming is king. It's trending now. And media issues. Let's start with the presidential campaign. The frontrunner is firmly in the lead in every national poll. What's the press's responsibility? I will not give him the credit he probably sought prior to this horrific and cowardly act. And top business headline news. It's online streaming versus Hollywood. Curated by your host, Meryl Brown. Hello and welcome to Media Download. I'm your host, Meryl Brown, Director of the School of Communication and Media at Montclair State University. With the presidential campaign in the headlines every day, today we take a different turn and instead focus on a presidential candidate who's dropped out of the race. With us today, we have Matt Katz, a political reporter for WNYC uh, and resident Chris Christie expert there. Matt is the creator of the Chris Christie Chronicles as as well as the host of the Chris Christie Tracker Radio Podcast. He is the author of a great book, uh, American Governor, Chris Christie's Bridge to Redemption. Uh, it's an excellent read uh, for those of you in New Jersey and elsewhere who uh, follow uh, our politics here. Uh, Matt is also the recipient of the 2015 Peabody Award for news coverage of the Bridgegate scandal, as well as the winner of the Livingston Award for international reporting while in Afghanistan. A native of New York, Katz is familiar with the tri-state area and its surroundings. We're pleased to have him back for an encore interview. Matt, thanks for joining us today. Oh, absolutely, Merrill. Thank you. So let's start with your book, and it's and it's at least the theme of the title. The, the, the title suggests without a question mark at the end of, it, end of it that the campaign was a bridge to redemption. How should we read that, that title today in the context of a bridge that never quite connected? <laughs> uh, well, certainly his, I guess there's some traffic problems on the bridge. Would that be one way to say it? <laughs> that would um, be. A hold up or two? I wouldn't say that his chance at redemption uh, from, the, from the Bridgegate scandal is is over yet. Um, certainly, he's a young-ish man, and there could uh, be a potential in his future for another run for higher office, and he could certainly put uh, some of his troubles in the second term as governor in the rearview mirror. Uh, but certainly, um, his uh, experience in the presidential race was an absolute, absolute failure, however way you look at it. There's no question about it. And, and he did not um, redeem himself the way that he or many of us really expected him to, which was to, you know, at least be relevant in the presidential race. And that really didn't happen. In conceiving the title about redemption, which you obviously um, uh, assembled well before the primary season began, what were you thinking as you were imagining the governor's prospects? I was thinking that the book was going to come out uh, before his story had fully been told. So the book was going to come out uh, before uh, the New Hampshire, before the first votes in the presidential race. I knew that. And I knew that he'd be a presidential candidate. Um, so I, I envisioned it hitting just as his campaign was happening, which it did. So the campaign in and of itself uh, becomes that uh, effort at redemption. Uh, you know, I didn't expect that the, the book would n- not be about a presidential candidate after just 22 days. Um, I thought that this would have a longer shelf life, at least in terms of him being an actual, you know, player in the race. 
it ended much sooner than, than I anticipated. And, and how do you assess it? I mean, the Christie I watched in town meetings seemed energetic. Uh, he seemed to connect with the people he was in the room with, at least. Um, he seemed to stake out a position not unlike where Kasich is today as being the alternative to the far-right candidates, a, a ostensibly a, a, a f- effective political servant, although we can certainly debate that point. But what happened? Hmm. I mean, it, it starts with Bridgegate. Bridgegate was really the, the, was the beginning of the end of a presidential campaign that hadn't begun. Uh, he started losing uh, first donors. They, these billionaires who had begged him to run for president in 2012, uh, these guys who were supposed to be behind his 2016 presidential run, they saw somebody that seemed to be surrounded by scandal. It was Bridgegate, and then there were a series of other um, news stories that indicated other problems within his administration and within the Port Authority, and they got somewhat scared off and started calling people like Jeb Bush and saying, hey, Jeb, what are you up to? You know, the country's really ready for another Bush in the White House. Um, and, and, you know, he, so he starts losing that money. Then he starts losing, he starts facing the kind of intense media scrutiny that politicians don't face unless they're like a, a no, actual nominee already for president. Uh, he had months and months of national media attention that was almost entirely negative in the wake of the Bridgegate scandal. That wasn't just uncovering tidbits about uh, political shenanigans within his office related to Bridgegate, but also you know, spending, uh, questionable spending at the, at the Port Authority, allegations regarding a shakedown scheme with Sandy recovery funds. There were national reporters going to the University of Delaware, where he was a student body president, to dig through uh, newspaper archives there to find out what he may have done when he was a, um, a college senior. It, it was it, it forced him underground. Um, he stopped doing press conferences. He stopped doing um, difficult interviews. He started just appearing on like sports talk radio, where he could get a friendly audience. He was, and and this is not a guy who is good on defense. He's best when he's on offense, and he couldn't play offense for a long time. And um, it, by the time he finally was able to to emerge, when the dust had settled. That whole shtick of him being a tough guy and yelling at people, it suddenly, to a lot of people, didn't seem as cute anymore. Um, there seemed to be a sense that maybe there was something more menacing behind it. Uh, even if uh, the governor has said he had nothing to do with the, the Bridgegate scheme, and even if you know he hasn't been charged at all in the scandal. And that really uh, followed him around, and maybe it's the reason why so many other people decided to get into this race. Maybe if Christie was still the front runner as he was before Bridgegate started. Maybe if Christie was still the front runner, Donald Trump doesn't get in this race. Jeb Bush doesn't get in and absorb all this money that Christie would have otherwise gotten. And we would have been talking about a, a totally different scenario. Uh, I also think he would have, would have run a different campaign. There was a plan, I believe, to run a, a more, you know, broader tent um, uh, Republican operation where he'd really like try to uh, woo um, uh, voters of color, where he would take some positions that weren't necessarily typical for a Republican. He ended up running a very j- traditional 
conservative campaign. He was forced to change a bunch of his positions because of that, and uh, that just didn't turn out to be the right right move. Um, there was just no uh, space for that kind of thing. He couldn't really differentiate himself from the other candidates. So it really starts with Bridgegate and then, you know, a whole other series of um, circumstances that I think may be tied to it that followed. Okay, so he drops out of the campaign. He comes home and faces a firestorm, I guess, that had been brewing for some time about his perceived lack of attention to state government affairs and almost immediate calls for his resignation, especially once he does the surprising thing, maybe it wasn't surprising to you because you follow him so carefully, of immediately endorsing frontrunner Donald Trump. How does all that play out? So he comes home. He's at home for less than two weeks. And um, I think a couple of things happened. Uh, first, I think he might have gotten a little antsy back home in Trenton. Um, and maybe he missed the action a little bit. And he decided to do what on paper is the right political move, which is to um, figure out what's going to happen in this field and endorse the guy that you think is going to win the nomination. And that if you're a political animal, that is the right thing to do because you want to be uh, on the right side of history. And you want to also um, get the riches that might come with that. For So if, if Donald Trump... Uh, um, wins the nomination, which it looks like he, he will, uh, and if he wins the White House somehow, which is certainly possible if he's the nominee, then you, one would think that the first bona fide establishment Republican who ended up in, who endorsed him before almost anybody else, uh, Chris Christie, will get some sort of reward for that in a Trump administration, maybe Attorney General. Uh, maybe chief of staff in the White House. Uh, so it makes sense from a political perspective. It also makes sense from a personal perspective. These guys are they're friends. They've had dinner uh, through the years. Christie was at Trump's third wedding. So it's not like he didn't know him from Adam. Um, obviously, it shocked people because they disagree on almost everything. And they seem to um, be different um, in terms of um, the, the way they, they approach their jobs from an intellectual standpoint, um, and even rhetorically, as, as loudmouth as Christie is, he does not say the sort of offensive things that, that Trump does. Uh, so that's, I think, why it surprised people so much. And, you know, Christie's also made a, made a commitment to um, appeal to communities of color through the years, and obviously you have uh, a Republican candidate in Trump who um, openly disparages many communities of color. So uh, it doesn't make sense for a whole range of other reasons, but from a political and personal perspective, I wasn't surprised by it. So how visible do you expect him to be over the course of the Trump campaign? And in the context of a presidential campaign that fizzled, how valuable is he really? I think he'll, um, he's already been pretty visible. And he's gotten a lot of flack back home for it. I think he's going to pop up from time to time. I think a part of his role is what I've been calling Trump-splaining. Uh, he's going to be the guy who answers the question, why did Trump say this? Why did Trump say there'd be riots? 
um, if he's not the nominee. Uh, Christy Trump explained that by saying he didn't mean real riots, he meant political riots. Unclear what the difference is between political riots and real riots. But having said that, I think that's what his main role is going to be. He's going to sort of um, almost moderate his his uh, out, more outlandish statements and translate them to the general public. Um, and, you know, maybe he has a role behind the scenes, sort of um, lending the campaign some uh, intellectual heft, maybe gives it some you know, mainstream legitimacy by telling him he's got to, let's say, use a teleprompter when he talks to uh, APAC, as he did uh, yesterday. I mean, you know, I don't know if Christie was the one who advised him of that, but he, he is a, he is a uh, traditional politician from the establishment, Christie is, and he could sort of um, turn Trump into a more traditional candidate in some respects, at least uh, nudge him in that direction as he moves toward the general election. I think that could certainly uh, certainly be a role for him. And I, 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 don't, I don't know how much he'll really travel with Trump, but uh, every time he does, it will uh, cost him support and, um, and political potency back in New Jersey, for sure. Well, Trump is uh, losing at the moment to both Democratic candidates. So the scenario for Christie's future of him becoming attorney general or another high-ranking office like chief of staff is, um, is unlikely in the current, based on the current polling data. you imagine him going back into private practice? Do you imagine him running for office? Is it possible to gauge the Chris Christie future at this point? I imagine him, well, he, he'll be governor until tw- January 2018. At that point, I imagine he would um, do something in the private sector that earns him a lot of money, whether that be TV or consulting or lobbying or of some, something of the sort. And I think it's possible if uh, there's a Democrat in the White House that he tries again in 2020. Um, maybe he sees a, a new path forward uh, where he can sort of uh, maximize any uh, support he might have gotten from the Trump voters by backing Trump, maybe that's a valuable commodity in 2020. Who knows? Uh, I, I don't think he runs for any other office in the future other than president. It's also possible that his, you know, he decides to uh, put a political career on hold. I see a long term down the line for him if he doesn't do politics again. Um, a job like NFL commissioner would be, would be something he would, he would covet and uh, might be pretty good at. So, so, uh, so I see uh, I, I, that would be the, sort of the um, out of the box suggestion for him if I'm his you know headhunter here or his uh, his job counselor. That's a role you're unlikely to play, Matt. But just to wrap up real quickly, <laughs> what um, what do you uh, what has this meant for you? This exercise. Uh, obviously, you've learned a boatload about New Jersey and about this guy. Uh, briefly, what's it meant? The, the, the experience of writing the book? Right. Or, uh, it, it's been, it's changed my career. Um, I mean, it's been, you know, uh, in an odd way, uh, Chris Christie has had a profound effect on my career. I've had, you know, an extraordinary range of experiences because I've covered him from, you know, just traveling around the state, traveling around the country, um, to uh, getting a chance to write a book, to having um, an opportunity to do all different kinds of uh, different um, media uh, spots from podcasts 
to television, uh, all because I cover Chris Christie. And, and it also um, helped uh, me land a job with public radio, which I love, which I may have never gotten if I didn't have an expertise in this guy that they were, they were looking for at the time. So um, it has absolutely altered the trajectory of my career in the positive. Well, so that, that forces me to conclude with the obvious line, you are a principal beneficiary of an unsuccessful campaign. Uh, Matt, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Merrill. It's great, it. great to have you. We'll have you on again soon, um, and we'll, uh, we'll see you around the state. Thanks, Matt. You got it. If you'd like more information about this episode of Media Download, you can email us at gm at wmscradio.com or call us at 973-655-3135. I'm Merrill Brown. Thanks for listening.